Welcome to You Collective podcast. You Collective is an open platform democratizing the voice of individuals with achievement and impact, and providing a window into these pathmakers and their evolving journey. With us today is Melissa Bai. Thank you so much, Melissa, for joining us. Thank you, Joyce, for having me. So why don't we start with you know the first question, which is tell us a little bit about、uh, what do you do today and what what's your path so far? Okay.、Um, So I'm currently in my fourth year as a teacher.、Um, I'm teaching humanities, which is English and history. And like I said, this is my fourth year.、Um, I taught English to sixth grade in the South Bronx、um, about two years ago, and then、uh, right now I am in Oakland. So. I'm in East Oakland at a school、um, called Greenleaf, and I'm teaching eighth grade there. So that's kind of like my path, I guess you could say. It's more like my career, but I guess the the overall path is more like I see it as a a mission、um, for social justice education and promoting literacy and resiliency in、um, low income communities or communities that are in high need. So that's where I'm at right now. That's great. What gave you kind of that,、uh, you know, courage and an initial start to to say, you know, you want to be a teacher, you want to change lives and teach kids in these underserved communities, both on the East Coast and now on the West Coast.、Um, it really just started from just my informal observations, you know, just being in school and just traveling and seeing different schools that had different facilities. They had.、Um, More course offer offerings. They had more sports. They had AP classes at some of these high schools,、um, and I was just curious as to you know why is it that certain schools have more facilities and resources, whereas in other schools, you know they they barely have、um, you know safe facilities. And so I'm wondering, you know, if education is supposed to be this great equalizer where we pick ourselves up by our own bootstraps, then You know why is the playing field not the same? In other words, it seems like people's、um, you know you start out in、um, you know a wealthier area, you kind of have like a leg up over everyone else just because of the zip code that you're born into.、Um, so seeing those inequalities from an early age kind of sparked my interest. In social justice education and wanting to go into these communities and、um, you know fundraise and help support、um, populations where they don't necessarily have those privileges as other communities have. And what are the challenges you face as a teacher and a change agent in these communities along with your students?、Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's all different kinds of challenges. There's、um, not only do you have challenges with the environment.、Um, sometimes there's communities that are having troubles with, you know, drugs, violence,、um, and just being in a neighborhood where、um, it's not necess- educational success is not necessarily promoted, and so. There's that. There's those challenges, and there's also the challenges within the classroom,、uh, where you have students that might be coming into、uh, your classroom that are two, three, four years below reading、uh, grade level in terms of reading and writing. There's challenges of students. 
being newcomers, not knowing um, English or any English at all or limited proficiency in English. Um, so there's definitely a lot of challenges in that sense. And then even under these challenges, I mean, you started teaching right out of undergrad. And so you mm -hmm. are now an experienced teacher in many of these neighborhoods. How do you persevere and confront these challenges and still believe in your students, the system, and trying to make an impact every day? Um, yeah, that's definitely the the daily battle. I still don't even really consider myself that experience. I still feel like I'm learning every day. Um, there's, you know, there's always a different way to improve my practice and work with other people. Um, so while I do have some years under my belt, I, I you know, it's, it's hard for me to think of myself as experienced, um, four years into the game, but, um, in terms of just finding my own resiliency and grit and determination is I, I just try to keep a positive outlook have a growth mindset and, um, you know, really just focus on the fact that the bottle is half full. And that kind of is very contagious to the classroom and the students and also, you know, just the general working environment. Um, instead of focusing on negative things or having things um, get in our way or just focusing on the obstacles or the fact that it may seem like we'll never achieve whatever our goals are, it's having that positive outlook and that growth mindset that really helps myself and the students to focus on, okay, this is our growth. This is where we've started and look at how much we've grown. We may not have achieved our goal or we may not have, um, you know, done exactly what we wanted to do in the first place, but at least we're growing. And so again, keeping that growth mindset really helps to maintain the resiliency. And, you know, you talked about how you kind of inspire your students. Um, are there days where, you know, the students doubt themselves or you kind of say, well, this is really tough, right? And as mm -hmm. a teacher um, in these neighborhoods, um, how do you kind of deal with, um, you know, doubts around you um, or students doubt doubting themselves? And, you know, maybe some of the, I can share an example uh, with the audience. Mm -hmm. um, the specific example is um, having students come into, you know, let's say eighth grade at a third or fourth grade reading level, um, you know, and they have, a, you know, about a, a couple months basically in order to take a third or fourth grade reading level and bring that all the way up to an eighth grade reading level. And so, there's a huge amount of challenge and weight um, that rests on both my my soldier my my sold sold uh, my sold I can't talk right now my uh, my shoulders and my students' shoulders and also like the the people that work um, with me and the students and so we all feeling that burden um, and so there's a lot of self doubt. The students are doubting themselves because that that is an immense task to take on um, with the limited resources um, that we do have. But um, like I said, it's just making sure that we have that growth mindset and just making sure that we're compartmentalizing and realizing that yes, if we do have doubt, that means that whatever our goal is, is that it's it's a substantial goal. And that means that, you know, if we're not doubting ourselves at some point, then, you know, maybe our goal is not 
set as high as it should be. Um, so anytime that there is doubt, that means that we have high expectations for ourselves and for our students. So a little bit of doubt is good, but in order to make it so that it doesn't weigh us down, like I was saying before, is to just compartmentalize, focus on the, the baby steps, sh- showing the progress. If we're increasing reading levels by at least two years or just one year, if that student makes growth in that sense, then, you know, that's, that's definitely a small little victory in and of itself. And if you look at yourself, what's your next goal as you uh, continue your teaching career uh, in California? Um, so I guess the next big step is I, I just applied to UC Berkeley for a master's program um, in social and cultural studies. And so what I'm looking to do with this is just to really develop a a curriculum for communities like this that focuses on you know, building literacy, increasing the reading and writing, building resiliency and grit and determination in these students. And then also looking at social justice curriculum um, and looking at how we teach history, how we talk about these communities and um, really giving students a voice um, and letting them know that they are making history every single day and that their personal narratives are just as important um, as what we read about in the textbook. So like I said, it's, it's kind of like a in limbo phase here. I'm working. It's just still brainstorming. I'm still drafting out exactly what I would like the thesis to be, but um, it's something along those lines. And so I hope to take some sort of social justice curriculum or project and work with, um, you, you know, the Oakland Unified School District in terms of their ethnic studies leadership team or working curriculum development. Um, and so, like I said, I'll, I'll wait till I hear back in March. So I'm kind of waiting. So fingers crossed. Um, and so it's definitely like the next big step. That's great. Um, we know how education is very important uh, for different um, industries. And I'm glad to hear that you have um, the goal uh, to uh, extend what you are um, practicing and learning in your current role and and extend that to uh, bigger communities. So mm-hmm. um, as a last question, what advice would you give to the audience and other path makers out here? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the biggest thing that I've come across in my, my own personal career journey and also I've seen it a lot with the students is just again maintaining just like this positive outlook and it's very easy to turn pessimistic or feel defeatist or um, you know just feel like the world is weighing on your shoulders and you as one person can't do it but just to know that there's a larger team out there that is available that if you know we all maintain a positive outlook and just just focus on the small little victories um that that can give us hope um and as long as there's a possibility of change or as long as there is a possibility for growth then um that's what we should focus on and take that to launch us into further growth well melissa thank you so much uh for sharing your insights and thank you for being a role model to other educators out there um what you're doing is amazing Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that.